The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kedron Valley. There was a garden there, and he went into it with his disciples. Judas the traitor knew the place well, since Jesus had often met his disciples there, and he brought the cohort to this place together with a detachment of guards sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees, all with lanterns and torches and weapons. Knowing everything that was going to happen to him, Jesus then came forward and said, Who are you searching for? They answered, He said, I am he. Now Judas the traitor was standing among them. When Jesus said, I am he, they moved back and fell to the ground. He asked them a second time, Who are you looking for? They said, Jesus replied, I have told you that I am he. If I am the one you are looking for, let these others go. This was to fulfill the words he had spoken. Not one of those you gave me have I lost. Simon Peter, who carried a sword, drew it and wounded the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its cupboard. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? The, the cohort and its captain and the Jewish guards seized Jesus and bound him. They took him first to Annas, because Annas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had suggested to the Jews, it is better for one man to die for the people. Simon Peter, with another disciple, followed Jesus. This disciple, who was known to the high priest, went with Jesus into the high priest's palace, but Peter stayed outside the door. So the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who was keeping the door and brought Peter in. The maid on duty at the door opened the door and said to Peter, Aren't you another of that man's disciples? He answered, I am not. Now it was cold, and the servants and guards had lit a charcoal fire and were standing there warming themselves. So Peter stood there too, warming himself with the others. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly for all the world to hear. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the Jews meet together. I have said nothing in secret. But why ask me? Ask my hearers what I taught. They know what I said. At these words, one of the guards standing by gave Jesus a slap in the face, saying, Is that the way to answer the high priest? Jesus replied, If there is something wrong in what I said, point it out. But if there is no offense in it, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him, still bound, to Caiaphas the high priest. As Simon Peter stood there warming himself, someone said to him, Aren't you another of his disciples? He denied it, saying, one of the high priest's servants, a relation of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at once a cock crew. They then led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was now morning. They did not go into the praetorium themselves, or they would be defiled and unable to eat the Passover. So Pilate came outside to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They replied, Pilate said, Take him yourselves and try him by your own law. The Jews answered, We are not allowed to put a man to death. 
This was to fulfill the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the way he was going to die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and called Jesus to him and asked, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Do you ask this of your own accord, or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? It is your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, Mine is not a kingdom of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my men would have fought and prevented my being surrendered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, Jesus answered, It is you who say it. Yes, I am a king. I was born for this. I came into this world for this, to bear witness to the truth. And all who are on the side of the truth, listen to my voice. Pilate said, Truth, what is that? And with that he went out again to the Jews and said, At this they shouted, Barabbas was a brigand. Pilate then had Jesus taken away and scourged. And after this, the soldiers twisted some thorns into a crown and put it on his head and dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him and saying, And they slapped him in the face. Pilate came outside again and said to them, Jesus then came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said, Here is the man. When they saw him, the chief priests and the guards shouted, Pilate said, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I can find no case against him. The Jews replied, When Pilate heard them say this, his fears increased. Re-entering the praetorium, he said to Jesus, Where do you come from? But Jesus made no answer. Pilate then said to him, Are you refusing to speak to me? Surely you know I have power to release you, and I have power to crucify you. Jesus replied, You would have no power over me if it had not been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has a greater guilt. From that moment, Pilate was anxious to set him free, but the Jews shouted, Hearing these words, Pilate had Jesus brought out. Okay. We've got a different version. All right, you... It was Passover preparation day, about the sixth hour. Pilate said to the Jews, Here is your king. They said, Pilate said, Do you want me to crucify your king? The chief priest answered, 
So in the end, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. They then took charge of Jesus, and carrying his own cross, he went out of the city to the place of the skull, or as it is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him with two others, one on either side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote out a notice and had it fixed to the cross. It ran, Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews. This notice was read by many of the Jews because the place where Jesus was crucified was not far from the city and the writing was in Hebrew, Latin and Greek. So the Jewish chief priest said to Pilate, Pilate answered, When the soldiers had finished crucifying Jesus, they took his clothing and divided it into four shares, one for each soldier. His undergarment was seamless, woven in one piece from neck to hem. So they said to one another, In this way, the words of Scripture were fulfilled. They shared out my clothing among them. They cast lots for my clothes. This is exactly what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary of Magdala. Seeing his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, this is your son. Then to the disciple he said, This is your mother. And from that moment the disciple made a place for her in his home. After this, Jesus knew that everything had now been completed, and to fulfill the scripture perfectly he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of vinegar stood there. So putting a sponge soaked in the vinegar on a hyssop stick, they held it up to his mouth. After Jesus had taken the vinegar, he said, It is accomplished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It was preparation day, and to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross during the Sabbath, since that Sabbath was a day of special solemnity, the Jews asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken away. Consequently, the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with him, and then of the other. When they came to Jesus, they found he was already dead. So instead of breaking his legs, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a lance, and immediately there came out blood and water. This is the evidence of one who saw it, trustworthy evidence, and he knows he speaks the truth. And he gives it so that you may believe as well, because all this happened to fulfill the words of Scripture. Not one bone of his will be broken. And again, in another place, Scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because he was afraid of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave permission, so they came and took it away. Nicodemus came as well, the same one who had first come to Jesus at night time, 
and he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with spices and linen cloths, following the Jewish burial custom. At the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in this garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been buried. Since it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was near at hand, they laid Jesus there. This is the gospel of the Lord. So yesterday, Father Stephen spoke about Jesus giving himself to the full to us so that we can share his mission here on earth. Today I want to pick up on this phrase we've read in the first reading whereby he did not resemble men and try to reflect about what this means for us and for our salvation. Let's have a, a flashback back to when God created men in Genesis. So, from chaos, there was order. God created nature day by day. And every time he created something, and every day he did an extra addition to what there was, God looked about, uh, on what he had created and said that it was good. And this goes on from day to day until there was the creation of men. And God looked up on men who was created on his image and saw that it was very good. And this addition of the word very good signifies that we who are created in his own image and likeness are good by nature. Even though we ourselves see ourselves as insufficient in what we do, we ourselves see ourselves as lacking in what we do, God sees us as though we are very good. From chaos, there was order. This order gave men dignity, and this order gave men the serenity, the peace, the shalom of God. So that when man was in the Garden of Evil, they could. The, the author says they could go around and speak with God, they could go around, they could feel God, until something happened. And the ser serpent that came and brought in this thought. God does not want you to eat of that fruit because you will become like God. And it's always this internal struggle which we have that I want to become God. I want to decide for myself. I want to lead my life. I want to be the owner of my own decisions, of my own doings, of what I will do. So now, 
this sin, this I want to be the owner of my own decisions, has led the very good created into the image of God in an irony. The irony is that we want to be gods, but we were created in the image of God, so we shattered what God had formed, we destructed this beauty that God had created on us. And this led to shame. Those two people who could sense God, who could walk with God, who could relate to God, were now shamed in the presence of God. And this is the work which the evil one does in our, in our lives. First, there is the thought that I can lead what I want, that I am stronger than what my emotions would have led me to. But then when my emotions, when my feelings lead me to something which is wrong, there comes this shame, there comes this helplessness in front of God. This led men, I'm doing a fast forward from what we're going to read tomorrow. This led men to be cast out from the garden of evil and to work harsh labor for what? There was gratuitously through the work, the grace of God. So man has lost everything because of this thought of being, of becoming like God. What was God's doing in all this? In this, let's say, situation of desperation, in this situation of desert, we read from the first reading, from this harsh land, there was a sapling, there was a shoot, which shot, which will present life. So God, who could have pressed control delete and started again, did another thing. He came. St. John tells us, because God so loved the world that he sent his only son. What happened then? Imagine you have a vase which you've touched, which fell on the floor, and it came to shatters. You pick it up, you glue it, and you leave it on the cupboard or something like that, still it's shattered. And every time you pass in front of this vase, you see a shattered vase. And your heart is broken because that vase is broken. So this is the situation until the Jesus came on earth. What happened then? We read, he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. So this son of God became a man of suffering, one that the people hid 
themselves off. His appearance is beyond the semblance of a son of man. And that's what we're celebrating today. Man who was created in the image of God due to sin shattered that image as that vase that was on the floor shattered. And God, who through his mercy, who through his love for us, shattered himself so that those that were created in, him, in his image and had shattered that image will resemble him because he himself shattered himself to become like men. And this is what we are celebrating today. It is not that we are happy of this death, but we are happy that God himself decided to shatter himself so that we that had shattered him is his image will again resemble him. Let us stop and reflect. Men who lost his image of God, who shattered this image of God, is that which God saw and said that it was very good. And even though shattered, because God himself is shattered, man remains very good.